to the Injured List Podcast, your source for all sports injury topics. For the weekend warrior to the sports fantasy guru, we keep you in the action and out of the injured list. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the host of the Injured List Podcast, Brian Scott. What's up, everybody? Your host, Brian Scott here. Thanks for joining us again in another edition of the Injured List podcast. Great to have you all here. Want to start off the show with a big announcement. We have hit 1,000 downloads. That's right, everybody. 1,000 downloads. We are excited. Can't thank you enough. We appreciate all the support. Special thanks to our sponsors, the Devil's Advocate Sports Talk with Abe Delgado, who I will be going live during this episode with, and we'll have that segment recorded and air it back for you. Also, a special thanks to the Perkentile and Creamery, Sean Colas, who was a guest on our podcast uh, a few weeks ago. We've also got a few other guests lined up and sponsors lined up as well, and a lot of other great shows on the horizon, so stay tuned for those. Today, we're going to talk about uh, some of those draft picks that we talked about uh, pre-draft combine and post-draft analysis two previous episodes we did we're going to touch base and find out where some of those players are at how they're performing and what the future holds for them moving into this uh, football season which is starting shortly and whether or not they are actually good fantasy pickups so we're gonna take a short break we'll be back after this again 1,000 downloads thank you guys we really appreciate it you're listening to the injured list podcast with your host brian scott your go-to resource for all sport injury-related topics. For show notes and other resources, visit theinjuredlist.com. Now, back to the show. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the show. We are going to get started. We're going to run through some athletes here that have been drafted and picked up by their teams, respectively, and who are pretty much shining bright uh, during these uh, last few weeks of training camp here in preparation for the upcoming season. So without further ado, let's get started, shall we? Ouch, that hurt. All right. So our first athlete today was um, Zach Moss. He is a running back out of Utah. He was chosen by the Buffalo Bills in the third round with the number 86 pick overall. If you remember, he is coming off major reconstructive knee surgery that he had two years ago. However, he had a bounce back season um, last year at Utah, set all kinds of records, had a, had a remarkable year. He's been highly regarded by the Bills staff uh, during the preseason and has catapulted himself into a split time position with Devin Singletary, making for a pretty potent backfield and offense up in Buffalo, who, if you remember correctly, added Stefan Diggs. So when you factor in that Josh Allen now has Stefan to throw and Singletary in the backfield, Moss really complements this offense very well and this is going to be even scarier than it was last year 
So expect some solid fantasy production from this kid as the season progresses. As far as rookie running backs go, the only other guy that may make as big a splash is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And the only reason that Zach Moss may have been kind of left in the dust was because of his uh, surgically reconstructed knee. But, you know, the Bills uh, are really pegging this guy as a potential number one overall back before year's end. So we'll, we'll see how he does. That hurts every time I hear it. Now, next up is Brian Edwards. He is a receiver out of the University of South Carolina. He was chosen by the Raiders in round three with the 81st pick. 6'3", 212 pounds, has been extremely impressive at Raiders camp. So much so that he's earned a starting spot on the roster alongside another rookie, Henry Riggs uh, Ruggs III, who uh, was a very highly touted receiver. So, you know, Derek Carr has had a lot of great things to say about his new receiver. In fact, he praised him and his uh, new his abilities and likened him to Tavante Adams. So take a listen to this. Brian is a very violent route runner, and that's a good thing. Uh, he's very violent. He's very uh, aggressive uh, in his cuts, in and out of his cuts. Uh, he's someone, uh, he reminds me uh, in, when the ball's in the air of Devante. Uh, great ball skills, you know. Devante, uh, uh, Anthony knows, he watched all those games, man. Uh, you know, Devante's someone where there's was just a trust that I just, I could throw it up uh, one-on-one, and them 50-50 balls were 98-2 for us, you know. And the two meaning something flew cap and his shoe fell off, you know. And like our goal line offense at Fresno State was throw a fade, <laughs> you know. Uh, when Crabtree was here, it was our goal line offense was hand off, hand it off, or throw a fade to Crab, you know. And and he reminds me of that kind of guy, you know, someone who can uh, not only use his physicalness in the route, but also when the ball is in the air. Um, some of those some of those catches you watch him run. He runs a double post. He runs a, a fade against Tennessee. He runs a double post at home at South Carolina. You know, some of these things that I watched him on film do uh, before the draft, you sit there and you're like, bro, this this guy, you could tell, like, this dude is a, a freak talent. Like, why is he not talked about in the first round kind of a thing? And then you hear about the injuries and all that kind of stuff. And then you're like, okay, well, good for us. You know, so you, you get a guy in that room. But I, I remember Gru telling me, you know, he, he said, look, I like this guy and I like this guy. And the two guys he said that he liked, the next day we drafted both of them. So it, it was pretty impressive how that worked out. So that was a, was a pretty high praise there from David Carr. Now, uh, Brian Edwards had missed time at the Combine due to a fifth metatarsal fracture. Uh, he was actually uh, made weight-bearing as tolerated in a boot around the time of the camp. But for some reason, uh, a lot of teams shot away, and uh, much to the Raiders' fortune. Oh, that's going to leave a mark. Listen, the next guy I'm going to talk about, I'm going to try to keep it brief. I mean, I've talked at length about Tua Tagovailoa and his injury to his hip. We did a whole episode on it. And while he's made a full recovery, the Dolphins have still gone ahead and named Fitzpatrick as their starter going to week one. This begs the question, how long do they go before they bring in their potential franchise quarterback? I mean... I'm very nervous for him. He's coming off a major injury and surgery. And as history has told us with what he had done to him, he's not out of the woods yet. 
So until I see him take a full game under center and get up from being knocked down on his back more than once during an actual course of a game, I cannot really advocate for him as a sleeper in any fantasy league. Not to mention, he's proven that he is injury prone. And that's taken the hip out of the equation. I don't know how you keep getting up from that, but man. Now, the next guy is LaVisca Chenault. He was picked up by the Jacksonville Jaguars in the second round at pick number 42. He's made a huge impact thus far in training camp, and he's drawn rave reviews from coaches and players alike. However, his most impressive review came from former Pro Bowl receiver and now receivers coach Keenan McCardle, who had this to say. Quote, I see a lot of power, strong runner after the catch. You know, he reminds me a little bit of Anquan Bolden after the catch, the way he gets in and out, the way he breaks his tackles on film. I saw that end quote from Keenan McCardle, former Pro Bowl receiver with the Jacksonville Jaguars, current receivers coach. Um, you know, if there's any other doubt as to just how talented this kid is, consider the fact that he's coming off a core muscle injury that required surgery. And this was injured during the combine while he was running his 40 and he still ran a time of four five, then had surgery, then missed six to eight weeks and is now competing for a starting job and has drawn reviews like that from a former pro ball receiver. So let that sink in for a little bit. Walk it off, buddy. Walk it off. Okay. Anyway, uh, moving right along. Brandon Ayuk. He was picked up by San Francisco with the number 25 pick in round one out of Arizona. He is as good as advertised. And with a banged up receiver core in San Francisco, Ayuk is going to get his chance to show what he can do. He's faster than his 4-5 time in the 40 and has impressed the 49ers staff immensely. Now, he's another guy coming off a core muscle injury in college last year that supposedly hampered his combine performance. And he's also had a mild hamstring injury a few weeks ago, but he should be ready to go week one. That coupled with the fact that Shanahan has a history of being able to get rookie receivers on the field to produce, as in the case of Debo Samuel, last year, who was a second round pick the year before. And Brandon Ayuk could be one to watch in fantasy. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Oh, man. Thank God that's over. Listen, guys, we're done with that segment of the show. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, I've got the Devil's Advocate Sports Talk. I've got a segment with Abe Delgado, the host. And then after that, we have a very special surprise guest on the show via phone call. So you'll want to stick around and stay tuned for that. So check us out. We'll be back after this. When you go out with the kids, you want to enjoy yourself too, right? You can't take them to the places where adults can relax. But you aren't in the mood for slides, bright lights, and cheesy gimmicks. So where can all of you go? We've got the best of both worlds at the Perkintile and Creamery. You can get the luxuries of being adult by choosing from our delicious coffees, teas, wines, or desserts in a beautiful, welcoming setting. And the kids will love our flavors of ice cream, brownies, and cookies. And can even spend time playing with toys, fun games, and books in our family room. Relax in our beautiful coffee and ice cream shop. Hang out with the entire family and make more memories. Put a smile on everyone's faces. 
Come on by to try out our latest goodies and treats or visit us at theperkintileandcreamery.com to discover more. Hey, this is Sean Colas with the Perkentile and Creamery. We are the premier coffee, ice cream, and dessert bar in the Charlotte metro area. We're thrilling people with our amazing interior design, our incredible customer service, and the quality of our offerings. We have a beautifully designed 1920s mercantile-themed monochromatic throwback where people feel excited by their surroundings and blown away by their treats. We're great for business meetings, families, couples, and you. Ask about our room rentals for meetings, events, or parties. We're nestled next to the Concord Mills Mall behind Verizon and in the same building as McAllister's in Concord, North Carolina. If you're in the area and you're listening to this right now, get in your car, drive over to the Perkentile, mention that you heard us on Brian Scott's amazing Injuryless Podcast 2020 and receive 25% off your purchase. Guys, you're watching Devil's Advocate Sports Talk. Thank you, everybody, for joining tonight. Again, less than 24 hours from the NFL season. I cannot wait. Um, live updates. We got any lives up, live updates? Been watching the, the NBA lately in the bubble, the playoffs. It's been pretty good. Man, I hate LeBron. Please, somebody knock off the Lakers. I do not want to see him in another finals, but we probably will. Um, man, I, I, I told you two weeks ago, my favorite NBA player now, is uh, the kid that, that's playing in, um, in Minnesota. He's unbelievable. Uh, but, you know, right now it's a not, Giannis is hurt, uh, destroyed his ankle. So he's probably not, yeah, I know he's not playing tonight, but he's probably not playing for the rest of the, the playoffs. Oh, I don't know. We'll see. But speaking of injuries, I'm going to go real quick to my injury guy. The injured list uh, is his podcast. Um, Brian in North Carolina. We're going to go to you next, Brian. What's going on, buddy? Can you hear me? How's it been? How's it going? And the man with the best microphone in the business. How's it going, buddy? You know it, baby. You know it. <laughs> going good. I just got a big announcement. We have hit 1,000 downloads for the podcast. Very excited to make that announcement. Not too long after your one-year anniversary. Hey. So we're very That's proud. A good thing, right? Very proud, That's a yeah. Good thing. And we've got a lot of big things coming, so uh, stay tuned. Love your show, man. Tell us about what's going on. For people just watching for the first time, tell them a little bit about your show, man. Well, we basically uh, go through some sports injuries. We break it down, uh, keep it very simple so you can understand and uh, allow you to make some wise decisions when it comes to fantasy football time or any fantasy sport for that matter. Um, and, uh, you know, we just try to entertain and educate and uh, have fun with it. So take the take the the hodgepodge of medical terms out of it. We just basically keep it simple. Well, I don't know if you know anything about the, the Vaughn Miller uh, breaking news. So, or, God, oh, you do. You sound like well, you do. Well, I here. just, I just, I heard when Dom, the, the Tuesday night delight was on and I heard his uh, announcement and I took a quick peek at the reports and it, it looks like he's seeing uh, Dr. Anderson in green Bay, which is not a good sign because if they're seeing him, that means it's probably season ending and probably surgery on the horizon. Um, he's a big time foot and ankle guy. He's actually based down out of North Carolina. He's one of the founders of uh, Ortho Carolina, which is a big orthopedic group here, but he uh, practices uh, out in Green Bay and takes care of a lot of NFL players. And if you're seeing him, um, that's not a good sign. So uh, it doesn't sound good. 
So breaking news, Vaughn Miller most likely out for the season. Uh, any word about Giannis? What's going on with Giannis? You know, I, I got to be honest, dude, the NBA has kind of ticked me off a little bit lately, so I haven't been following them. <laughs> um, but, right. you know, even with a moderate ankle sprain, man, like I'm telling you, these guys, uh, it, it's not a minor injury. He, I mean, well, he started the- playing through and he, he injured it more than on one occasion. So yeah. he's trying to play through it and. Uh, it just wasn't a good, wasn't a good, it really looked really bad. So yeah, I, I, I saw, I did see the injury uh, on the replays and on the highlights. And I will say that it, it looked significant. I mean, he went down, he he had to get helped off. That's always a bad, bad indication that it's probably more mm-hmm. severe than you realize. And then, you know, any, any type of moderate ankle sprain, which is pretty typical for these basketball players, you're, you're probably looking at about two weeks of immobilization, you know, four weeks of therapy. In the average Joe, to get them back to playing sports, you're looking probably about six to eight weeks. You know, you try to fast forward the clock on the healing process in these athletes, and you can get a little bit ahead, but you're not going to shave down six to eight weeks. I mean, you know, it, it, I'm, I'm guessing he's got at least a moderate sprain, and if that's the case, they'll probably shut him down, and, if, and hopefully they can make well, it to the I next round. I don't think it's going to matter because live update right now, the Heat in the elimination game, they're up 3-1. Yeah. Uh, they're up 68-59. to 59. Yeah. We're almost at the end of the third quarter, so it looks Bucks. like the Bucks are going to be bounced. I know yeah. a lot of people had them going to the finals. Um, and Welcome Miami, to 2020. That's uh, 2020, Miami, man. Miami Heat, though. I mean, God, who's picking them, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you what, that hero dude has been lights out, huh? He's been like a big-time surprise. guys. Drogic, yeah. right? Drogic, Butler, hero. Yeah. Uh, Butler, yeah. leader on that team. They got a few good guys on that squad. Yeah, they've been playing well. NBA's but, um, been pretty good. So listen, I got I got an episode dropping tomorrow. It's basically mm-hmm. a kind of an update on where some of the uh, uh, NFL draft picks that I had gone over and did a pre-draft analysis on. I also did a post-draft analysis on, but now I'm going to do kind of a football fantasy update on them. Kind of give you a, a, a update as to where they're at and how they're doing and whether or not they might be a good uh, fantasy pickup as kind of like a low uh, late round kind of surprise. So um, tune in for that. I'm also going to have a special guest this evening and I won't give it away. I want the Devil's Advocate Nation to tune in because uh, they might recognize my guest tonight. And we're going to dis- be discussing some baseball injuries as well. So tune in for that. I've also got cool. a big... Big um, episode coming up in a few weeks with a former, uh, with a current coworker of mine who had a pretty major health scare, and he's a former professional rugby player uh, out of Ireland, or I should say, Gaelic football, not rugby. He'd be pissed, um, and he's a big dude. I don't want to make him angry. Uh, we'll be talking about his uh, health scare and uh, what he's been going through, and that's a really interesting episode. So I, I encourage everybody to tune in. And uh, oh, and check out my website. I've updated it. There's a cool section on the bottom. If you scroll all the way down, you can uh, shoot me a message. You can subscribe to a newsletter. You can throw out ideas for the show, write some questions I can answer on air, and uh, oh. and, and a bunch of other stuff. But the website's coming together really nice. It looks cool. Well, Brian, being that you're a health professional, I have to ask you, it's on what's on everybody's mind. What are your feelings? Will we get through an entire NFL season this year? Well, I've been saying all along that if the one – sport that kind of is probably at most most risk for not completing it's got to be the nfl i mean you can't you got too many guys on the roster too many staff involved you can't get these guys all in a bubble and expecting them all to kind of stay locked in or locked down is going to be damn near impossible so uh, i've I've been saying it since the beginning the the nfl is going to be the biggest challenge when it comes to uh, making it through without 
players tested positive and without uh, some team being severely affected by some positive tests. They ain't shut it down, though, Brian. They're not going to shut it down. Well, I mean, look what happened. We talked about this on one of your previous episodes. heads on me and you before (laughs) that brand goes out for the year. Well, we've we've talked about this on previous episodes when, you know, you had the Giants, the Jets, and, like, nine other teams that tested positive. It was a total of, like, 70-something players, and then, like, they basically swept it under the rug. But, you know, when when you did the numbers, like, it wasn't really that far out of the realm of possible. I mean... I don't understand what happened with all that. Apparently, it was a lab error. You know, I expect more of that to happen uh, before the season gets shut down. Yeah, it was a lab error. Exactly. I I expect more of more lab errors before the end of the season, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's what everyone's everybody mind, right? They don't want the season to start. Have everybody get it. What about these teams actually allowing fans in the in the stands? I mean, what is it? Six NFL teams out of thirty-two decided. Okay, we can have 20%. I mean, if you're going to do it, do it, right? I'm seeing 20% capacity in a lot of different college football. I see some fans in the stands. Uh, other other sports, I see some fans out there. Um, what are your thoughts about having 20% capacity in a stadium? I I, I mean, are, re- are they really jonesing for that extra 20% revenue that they're then going to have to take that a portion of that and pay out to the staff that's going to have to be present at the games. Like, I don't, I don't really understand yeah. that. I mean, why do that? Why open yourself up to that exposure? Why open that can of worms? Um, just, just let it go, man. Like just let them play, let them do what the NBA did. Let them do what MLB is doing, you know, fake crowd noise, cut, cardboard be cutouts. Like, it hasn't <laughs> been that bad. Watching, watching it baseball hasn't. without fans, watching basketball without fans, you know, and for the team, like the players, you pump in, you, you pump music in. Yeah. You see the NBA. NBA had a great idea showing the fans on the monitors. I think yeah. that's really cool. Uh, you could do something like that maybe on the sidelines, right? Yeah, you could be very creative pump, with it. Yeah. Pump uh, sound in there, like Seattle. Maybe make it. They can't make it the same decibels, but but they can pump. That's what they do in practice, right? To prepare, yeah. Yeah. they pump sound in. So. So who knows? I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, I just don't know why you're going to open a can of worms. And if you're got, if you're not going to do it fully, then why even bother? Like, let's just just wait it out. Let like wait till all the other sports go live with their fans and deal with it. Then I, I don't understand that. I mean, it can't be that hard up for the revenue. They just can't be. I don't know. Maybe this vaccine will come out and uh, we'll get fans back. Who knows? That'd be cool. Who knows? Maybe they'll allow it to happen. You never know. Hey, but listen. I ain't going to a game anytime soon. You ain't going to see me anywhere. <laughs> no, you're not, you know, I've always, I've always been big at watching football from home. I just like it. You know what's cool, though, to... is I seen uh, the other day, I saw uh, somebody had a good idea. I think it was the Philly fans I, or somebody. Um, they're having drive-in, like drive-in movies, but drive-in tailgating for the games. That was, that's, yeah, that's a great idea. That sounds Huge like a lot of screen, fun. Cars that are six feet apart, and yeah. you can kind of sit out there. You have your own space, and Chill, hang out, have a sounds, party, and watch the game. That sounds like something they do down here in Carolina. <laughs> for sure. I, I think they do that in a lot of places, for sure. Yeah? I'm sure for down here, I'm sure. You see the guys uh, <laughs> pulling up in RVs with oh, yeah. everything going on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Awesome. So listen, uh, I, I think I caught it a little bit later, but earlier you guys were talking about the, the Bills. Is that right? And I think you got, or you were talking about one of the running backs that went high. Were you talking about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? Oh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Dude. Yeah. I'm seeing this guy going as high as like five or six in these these mock drafts. And then in drafts that I've been in, I see him go early. And I'm like, what are you guys thinking? There's so many other backs out there yeah. that are so underrated. This kid's never touched, never had an NFL carry. 
It, why? Because he plays on Kansas City? Because let me tell you something. That's the reason. If he played for any other team, he's not a top six pick. He's just not. No, um, I think that the fact that he's on Kansas City definitely helps him. Um, why, though? Kansas City doesn't run the ball. Well, They're I think, but, but what I think it does is because of their passing game, it can open up the run. And he has a pretty nice game when it comes to that type of offense. And I think his game fits well with that offense. And if you watch him in college, he's a quick, shifty little back, man. He can hit the hole and go, which, which you know, when, when Mahomes is dropping back, who's also a running threat, you know, the ability to hand off a little draw or a little swing pass I to this don't guy. I agree that Mahomes is a running threat. I just don't. He can He can run, scramble. He can scramble. Maneuver, he can scramble. He's not a running threat. He's not a Lamar Jackson type running threat. He's, he might He's not, not even a Steve Young type running threat. He's well, just from a perspective he's good, that he from a he perspective that he might not pick up the yardage on the run, but what he is good is he's good at being mobile and finding the guy down the field. So you got to respect him when he comes out of the pocket. Here's what I don't get. You're going to take this kid at number six, and then I see draft after draft. I've been in two of them. I've seen mock drafts. You got a guy like Mark Ingram who had 1,200 rushing yards and 15 touchdowns last year, not going to like the fifth or sixth round. That's crazy. That's ridiculous. Mark Ingram is a better running back and will be a better running back fantasy-wise this year than this kid. Well, so... That's just what I believe. I'm sorry. I'm in a very heavy uh, running back-centered league, and... uh, I, I admit I took Clyde Edwards Hilaire as my second running back, but you know, I picked in the middle of the pack. A lot of the it was a slim pickings by the time it came to me uh to pick up my oh, other running back. You wanna take a you wanna take uh I, I started I had Barkley number third. one. Okay. <laughs> I had Barkley. Top, top ten pick in my book. He's yeah, not, I, I mean I had I had Barkley as my number one back, so I mean I wasn't about to pass him up for for this dude. But I see him, like I said, I see him getting picked before Ingram. I see him getting picked before Josh Jacobs. I see him getting picked before 90% of the running backs out there. It's just, it's amazing to me. The guy, you don't know what this kid's going to be. When was the last, besides Zeke and Barkley, right? Those are the last two that I can think of. Who's the last running back that you know went top five or six in in an NFL draft? Not NFL draft, I'm sorry. Yeah, fantasy, fantasy. yeah. Um, Barkley and Zeke, those are the only two that I, I... and he's not those guys. He's not. No, gonna be I mean, no. He's, I mean, he hasn't stepped on the field yet. Listen, in my episode that I'm dropping tonight into tomorrow, you'll, I, I, I do have a surprise uh, who I would consider like a deep round Clyde fantasy Edwards sleeper. Is going to be on your show? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> <laughs> Although that would be pretty sweet, but no. Um, but one of the running backs who I touched upon in my pre draft analysis, I think is actually going to be a sleeper. And it goes, and if you're, if you know who it is, I won't say the name because I don't want to ruin it for my episode, but let's just say the Buffalo Bills maybe have a little bit, they're going to surprise some people this year with their offense. You add Stefan Diggs, Josh Allen. I don't think they're surprising anybody. They're on my radar. They're good. Yeah. They're winning the AFC East. Well, I can, I can see your face right now. I see it getting red. It's going to happen. (laughs) They're, Buffalo is winning the AFC East in my book. Well, listen, they, they've got a nice little running back tandem with Singletary and this new uh, rookie that they drafted who kind of went a little bit under the radar because of some previous injuries in the past uh, in college. But he's been showing some f- 
phenomenal skills in training camp and the Bills are like super high on him. They even expect him at some point to possibly bump Singletary as the number one back. So keep an eye on this guy. And if you want to hear more about him, just tune into my podcast and take a listen. Awesome. Will do, Brian. Always a pleasure talking to you, man. Much uh, congratulations on your 1,000 downloads for your podcast. I wish you 50 million more. Uh, check it out, guys. It's called The Injured List. And Brian, where can they get and check out your podcast on your website? And So uh, I'm on Apple iTunes. I'm on Spotify. I am on Stitcher. I'm on all the other major and some minor uh, podcast platforms. You can check out my webpage, www.theinjuredlist.com. Um, I've got all a bunch of information on there. It has links to all the previous episodes. It has links to my email. If you want to contact me, there's a member sign-up form. And uh, just check it out. Cool. Thanks, Brian. We'll see you next week. And guys, remember, every single week we're coming from here on out to the end of the football season, we will be live every single Tuesday night. And this man will probably be on almost every episode. I'm sure we'll be seeing quite the number of injuries this year. And we're coming to North Carolina before the end of the football season. I like the sound of that. Talk to you, boy. We're coming, baby. (laughs) Devil's Advocate is coming. We're waiting. We're ready for it. All right, buddy. Have a good week. I'll see you next week. You too, bud. That was Brian Scott. everybody we're back at the injured list brian's got your host we got a special call-in guest um actually our first call-in guest i've had two guests one was a an interview style tiffany's actually a, a spontaneous random call-in from raleigh north carolina ladies and gentlemen tiffany marie <laughs> tiffany. hi everyone hi brian i just want to first of all say congratulations on the podcast i think you're doing a great job Thank and you. i am so excited to be a part of it. So thank you very much for that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. We appreciate it here. Um, I don't know if you heard, 1,000 downloads. Yes, that's amazing. Very proud so of that. excited for you. Thank you. Very proud of that. Had to throw that in there. Now, Tiffany comes to us with a pretty extensive background in sports. Um, and not only is she the first lady of Devil's Advocate, and you've heard her on some of my recordings before. And if you watch the Devil's Advocate Sports Talk Show with Abe Delgado, you've definitely seen her on there. But Tiffany, go into a little bit more of your sports background because I know you come from some uh, some sports uh, career, so to speak, I guess. Sure, yeah. So actually, I started off in orthopedics um, at 18 years old. So I dealt with a lot of you know kids and adults having some sports related injuries as well and then I kind of ventured out went to school for communications so I did want to be a sports reporter so I got to interview some cool players and um, go to a lot of cool things like the NFL draft and all-star game events Um, so I did have a big kind of a big background in sports whether it was related to them in ortho or whether it was kind of on the broadcasting side. So it was definitely something that's always been a part of my life. Awesome. Very nice. And now what are, what do you find yourself doing up there in Raleigh these days? So I'm actually, I'm still a medical assistant, but I actually um, took a different route and went into the aesthetics part Hmm. of medicine. So it's fun. It's exciting. Um, You know, not as depressing at some time. So we have a lot of fun and I do get to enjoy it a lot. Awesome. 
Sounds great. Now, um, we're glad to have you on. Uh, I've seen you on The Devil's Advocate numerous times. We've been a part of some discussion panels. And I know that you, uh, you've you got the cred. You you come with the, the A game and you know what you're talking about. But uh, you have some questions for me this evening. I do, actually. So kind of going into baseball, because baseball is my favorite sport. I've heard. And I, I, I kind of <laughs> look at the guys, you know, for example... You know, Stanton, Aaron Judge, um, to, to touch on Aaron Judge for my main example, you know, th- this guy earlier, you know, has had a, a fractured rib, a collapsed lung, and more recently, you know, calf strains, hamstring, you know, they constantly talk about lower body tightness. Um, so I think one question um, that I'd like to start off with is, you know, this guy, he's young, he's 28 years old, he's about six foot seven, about 280 pounds, I would guess I'm pretty sure I'm correct. Um, do you think that his height, his weight, and his age is both a blessing and a curse in a way to him? Like he's such a powerhouse, he has the strength, but is that also kind of causing him to get hurt more? Um, so, you know, <laughs> when you look at guys with a frame like that and you see them playing baseball, you think that these guys are indestructible. But actually, you know, he's built more like a linebacker or even a yeah. tight end for that matter. I mean- yeah. The fact that he's able to do what he does on the baseball baseball field is quite impressive. So with that in mind, um, you know, baseball is a sport that has, there's a lot of downtime, a lot of lag time where you're kind of just moping around the field, waiting between pitches, sitting in a dugout during a long inning, maybe getting one, maybe two at-bats at the most, sometimes not even having to run down to first base. So that coupled with, the level of conditioning that's required to kind of do all the activities in baseball can sometimes predispose these guys to a lot of muscle pulls and strains of their hamstr- tendons and muscles. And, and the hamstrings are almost always one of the ones that baseball players suffer the most. Um, and a lot of that is because, like I said, they're, they're just kind of hanging out, sitting around for most of the game. And then all of a sudden they're asked to kind of do a all-out sprint to first base to beat out a grounder or maybe try to beat out a double play. Um Take a guy that's 6'7", 220-something pounds, and you try to do that, man, it's just a recipe for disaster. Um, you know, most of these guys are built for power, uh, not built necessarily for speed. And if they are built for explosive, powerful movements, it's usually short bursts. So that's why these guys are usually more built for power stuff like lifting uh, and bench pressing um, football, uh, you know, things like that, which it requires short bursts of explosive energy. You know, you're asking a guy to sit out there for nine innings, sometimes playing a game that lasts like three, four hours, and you're asking them to maybe sprint for two or three times. Like, it's just a recipe for disaster. So I'm not surprised by a lot of the injuries that some of these guys have incurred during this shortened season with like basically a non-existent preseason. You know, unless these guys were really preparing every day, leading up to the start of the regular season, like they had been in spring training, then it's bound to happen. And, you know, some guys are just more injury susceptible than others. And part of that is their physiologic makeup. So Aaron Judge being 6'7", 220-something pounds, it doesn't surprise me. 280. Two, he's, I think I just looked up, it's exactly oh, 282. So oh, that's, I, I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot to carry. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my thing. I'm like, man, that's a, that's a lot of weight going for, for that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's a good thing he hits all those home runs. He just can trot yeah. around the bases. Exactly. And and that's my thing. I'm like, how does this keep 
happening to you know these guys or someone like him? It's like they're in the best shape of their life. They got these trainers. Why isn't it happening to me? You know, running around work or running up and down the stairs all the time without you know any stretching or anything ahead of time. Well, you know, well, there's, there's a big difference between running up and down the stairs at work and trying to leg out a ground ball. You know, uh, you're, uh, the muscles involved, the extent to which you're having to contract them and move them through a space and time is much different. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's kind of like comparing apples and oranges there. I wouldn't compare the two. <laughs> I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that as an answer. But now, I, you know, when they determine, okay, we're going to hurry up and put you, you know, on the DL, you're going to be either day to day, you're going to be 10 days, four to six weeks. Are they trying to kind of just get ahead of what could possibly be and just quickly make sure they're okay? Are they doing any other testing on them? I mean, it is, you know, a muscle strain. So what kind of testing are they doing to make sure they know how long to keep them on the injured list? Well, so, you know, that's changed a lot because of this COVID shortened season. You know, a lot of the things that they're doing to move guys back and forth from the injured list to, or to the, the, you know, the inactive list or, uh, you know, whatever, the, or then reactivate them is all basically now based upon what they can do to make roster moves. So some of it, most of it nowadays isn't even centered around what the injury is and what their expected recovery is. A lot of times now it's just, hey, listen, you got to put him on the injured list so we can get another guy up here to fill his slot and get somebody else on the field. It's really now become more about filling the positions and having guys on the benches that are available to play rather than actually it being directly related to the injury. Does that make sense? Um, yeah. You know, in the, in, with a full regular season, most guys wouldn't even go on the injury list unless they knew that they had an extensive injury that's going to require time off and rehab. Mm-hmm. Um, so you might see guys not even go on the injury list, but maybe once during the course of a season, whereas now a minor little strain or something simple, they're like, okay, we're down to 10 day. And then they're going to pull a guy up from the practice squad or wherever their the subsidiary site is and then have that guy sit on the bench. They might even release a guy or sign a guy. So it's been a mad scramble during this shortened season to kind of fill voids where injuries occur and move guys and shift guys around between injured list and active list and vice versa. Whereas in the past, a lot of times this process um, is more selectively done, if that makes sense. So um, I think... In the past, it, it is more geared toward like, okay, this is what he has. This is what it's going to take to get him better. We don't want to rush him back too soon. Let's get him down to Florida at the spring training facility where a lot of these guys do rehab and let's work on them and see how they progress. Nowadays, they don't have that luxury. So, you know, they're, they're probably getting tested. They're probably doing quick studies, maybe even having them done like the day or the next day. Um, really just to rule out anything major. And if they don't see anything major, then a lot of them are probably just doing rehab with the team while they're at their bubble and then gradually getting back. But it's definitely kind of changed their way of going about dealing with these injuries during the course of this shortened season. It's definitely changed. Do you think that's going to hurt these players now in the long run? Like, are they sometimes either being kept out of the game a little too long or they're brought back too soon? Like, do you think this is going to have any long-term effect on them or not really? Um, I think if it, if it was serious enough that they thought that might happen, I think they would just shut them down. I, I, I have confidence in the medical staffs of these organizations that they wouldn't risk it. I mean, you're talking a lot of money these guys are, have over their heads. These guys are worth a lot of money. Uh, yeah, unless this team is really vying for a championship and or really has a, a legitimate chance at this stage to make a good run, then I, I don't think they're going to do anything to, to risk it. Um, 
But you know, you never know. I mean, you don't know what kind of pressures are coming from the upper management, um, from ownership. You know, there's a lot of other factors that are kind of thrown in the mix. And with the shortened season, those factors and those external influences might be even greater than they would be during the course of a normal season. So, you know, the health and training staffs in these teams might be getting some extra pressures outside or from the external forces sources that they didn't get during the course of a regular season. Um, it's hard to say. I mean, uh, you have to kind of be on the inside to know that. Um, I can I can say that it seems like most of the guys that have gone down um, for the teams that I follow have come back. And those guys that they know are not have been shut down, which I think is reasonable. I mean, if these teams don't have any chance, there's no reason to risk it. Absolutely. And then do you think that that has anything to do with why some players are potentially opting out? Of the season well, when so, they are injured or not even saying that they're injured or not. I think that might play into it. I mean, if you look at uh, uh, Cespedes on the Mets, um, I totally think that that had nothing to do with COVID. I think that was all about his bilateral Achilles surgeries or whatever he had over the, in the offseason or last year. Um, I just don't think he was ready. And I think he f- realized that relatively quickly. And he saw the writing on the wall that he's probably going to have a bad year and going into free agency. That was not what he wanted to do. His agent was probably whispering in his ear, you know, you're going to, you're going to lose money. If you keep doing this, um, you might just want to opt out given the the choice, you know? Absolutely. No, I, I, I definitely agree on that one. Um, and then for the Yankee fans out there, you know, when it comes to Aaron judge, cause he is a big part of, you know, the Yankees potentially making it to, if you want to call it a World Series this year, but making it kind of to to the playoffs and to a possible championship. Now, I know usually in these kind of strains, they kind of go in grades, like levels like one, two, and three. Where do you potentially see him at right now? So, you know, I know sometimes it can be about two to four weeks out, four to eight weeks out, or three to four months, even surgery. I don't think he's there at this point, but how bad do you think that his injury is right now? Well, I haven't been following with what they've been speaking about with regards to his injury. But what, what I will say about hamstring injury is they suck. They're, they're probably the, if I had to pick a muscle group to strain, I'd probably stay away from the hamstrings and the groin. Those are the two of the worst. Baseball, you typically see hamstring injuries for the reasons I mentioned earlier. The problem with those is they're very, they're nagging and they take a long time to get better. Even a very mild grade one hamstring strain can rear its ugly head if not given proper time to heal. Grade twos, man, those can take several weeks to even several months to completely heal to the point where people can get back to their pre-injury level of like sprinting and powerful explosive movements. And that's with like full-time therapy, full-time treatments, rest, you know, all that stuff. Um, I mean, I've treated several athletes throughout my career who we have dealt with hamstring injuries once they started for almost an entire season, just basically keeping them from the point of having to put it on the shelf um, and just keeping them active enough that they can get by. But I mean, these things are notoriously difficult to treat. They're notorious for kind of coming back and sometimes getting re-aggravated. And um, in some cases, if it persists or worsens depending on where the injury is sometimes surgery is a viable option I don't think judges at that point yet but you know if it looks like the Yankees are are not going to be doing much come the end of the season here and vie for a playoff spot or even a championship uh, there may be a time when they actually consider shutting him down if this continues to be an issue and then do you think that 
some of these players after an injury like this, when they come back, say their first game back, do you think it's in their head? Like they hit, they hit a line drive and now they, they got to kind of run down those bases. Do you think it's kind of in their head? Like I said, and they're, they hesitate at first. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's a very known and common thing with athletes is kind of the mental side of their recoveries. And, um, it, it can translate into the physical uh, manifestations very, very easily. So that's really player dependent and varies between each player. But, you know, not knowing Aaron Judge and his, the type of person he is, I, it's hard for me to say, but I'm sure any top level athlete battles that psychological factor just as much as any normal person or any recreational athlete, for sure. And then my final question is kind of, do you think having an injury like that, they're more susceptible to them down the road or it's just kind of a fluke? If it happens again, it happens again. Well, again, I think this is more of an independent thing. If given the proper amount of time to heal, to recover, and with the amount of resources they have to kind of do therapy and get treatment, these guys are in some of the best circumstances to not have this become an issue repetitively down the road and most of them will have that adequate rest and recovery period and treatment but you know for some players uh jose reyes when he was with the mets this this was an ongoing issue with him for several years when he first broke into the league to the point where he he ended up having to have surgery and missed quite a bit of quite a bit of time uh while recovering you know this was a guy that was a, a speedster he stole a lot of bases he would hit triples you know he was known for his speed and for him to not have that part of his game really kind of hampered him to the point where he needed to have it addressed. Will this affect Aaron Judge to that degree? I don't think so, just because of the style of game he is. You know, he's a power hitter. He's not so okay. much that speed guy that you're looking to get on base and steal runs for you. You know, he's a guy that you're looking to just smack the ball over the wall, drive in some runs, you know. Um, so I think it, for his game, it probably won't be as much of a long-term issue as it may be for a different type of player. But but that's always a concern with hamstrings, especially. Yeah, I think I think in judges factor, I'll uh I'll take the way he hits the ball over the way he runs. So Right. Like I mean I'll- you're not looking for a six, seven, two hundred eighty pound guy to like steal your bases. <laughs> yeah. I mean you you're looking at that guy to smack it over the wall. <laughs> Absolutely. And he definitely can do that. So that's right. And you know being in the American League, you got the beauty of the DH and you know, so that's another thing that kind of bodes well in his favor. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. But th- I thank you so much for answering my questions. And uh, I'm, you know, looking forward to hopefully seeing Judge and, you know, all these players have a potentially good rest of the season, a safe rest of the season, and hopefully we can make it through. Yeah, I think the Yankees are poised uh, pretty well for make to make a good run here with or without Judge. I mean, they've got some other players that year after year seem to step up to the plate when it needs when they need it the most. Yeah, they always they're always plagued with injuries. Yet somehow they come around. I don't I don't know how they do it sometimes. I don't but they are, Kudo, they are no kudos to the medical staff there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Very true. <laughs> well, Tiffany, thanks for joining us. It's been great having you on the podcast. Hopefully, this is one of many appearances you can make with us, both on the phone and hopefully one day in person when we get together with the Devil's Advocate Sports Talk Show to one day do a live broadcast. I'm, I know you'll be part of it as the first lady of DA Nation. Um, any parting words? Um, no, like I said, I'm just super, super proud of you. Um, Abe as well on devil's advocate. And I just thank you both for 
making me a part of it, especially as you know a female in in sports. It's nice that um, you guys recognize me and take me seriously, and you know let me just be a part of your your little boys' world. So I uh, thank you. Listen, I've I've worked with many a great female athletic trainer and healthcare professionals in the day, and um, as you as I to- said at the beginning of this segment, you come with the cred, and I know you bring yeah. it. And you bring it every time you're on the show uh, with me and with Abe. So we appreciate it. We love having you on. And uh, I just want to say thank you for all the support. You've been a big uh, supporter of the podcast. And guys, check out Tiffany Marie's um, pages. She's got Twitter. You, you're all over social media. I, uh, I, <laughs> I don't even want to do you wrong by telling them the wrong thing. But check her out. Follow her. She's a, she's a, a follower of the podcast, both on Twitter, um, Facebook, and Instagram. So Hit her up on any one of those platforms and follow along with her. She's got some awesome stuff she posts all the time. Tiffany, thanks for being with us. Hope to Thank see you. you soon. Bye. Bye. Listening to the Injured List Podcast with your host, Brian Scott, your go-to resource for all sport injury-related topics. For show notes and other resources, visit theinjuredlist.com. Well, we did it, everybody. 1,000 downloads, great episodes. Special thank you to Tiffany Marie for being a guest. Special thanks to Abe Delgado for having me on once again, Devil's Advocate Sports Talk Show on Facebook. And, you know, I, I couldn't do it without all the support from family and friends. So special thank you to all of you out there listening. And um, we've got a lot more great things planned for the future. We're going to keep going strong here. We're, we're only, geez, we're only barely six months in. We got a thousand downloads. I'm really excited. I'm hoping there's many more out there still to go. So thanks for tuning in, everybody. And once again, as always, stay active, stay healthy, stay safe.